We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Macy Gray is one of my favorite modern singers. I really do love her voice. She's got a new album called Ruby, and she's coming out with a line of weed for women called her. Of course she is. My wife says my intros are too long, so let's go. It's Macy Gray on Touré Show. And next year is the 20th anniversary of my first album, which makes me old. But what are you going to do? <laughs> 20 years since your first album. And now you're doing your 10th. That's huge. Most artists don't get to 10 albums. I know. I don't even know. Like, it goes so fast. I didn't even know till I read it in a, when they were talking about this album. It's in Macy Gray's 10th album. I didn't even know. You didn't realize you'd done 10. Now I don't really count. You know, you just kind of make albums. It's been a long time since the last album for you. Uh, no. Uh, stripped. I did, a, I did a jazz album. Right. But I made, what was that, two years ago? See, I don't, I don't even know when it came out. Maybe two years ago. It wasn't that long ago. You seem very mellow. You don't let any of the pressures of the of the industry get to you. Is that real? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, that I mean, it's not that they don't get to me. I think I think I've been doing it a while, and and I've learned how to how to you know maneuver my way through or around it or whatever I got through. Well, tell the folks who are coming up behind you, what do they have to do to maneuver their way through and around it? Uh, let me think. I mean, it's it's not nothing you force on yourself. You, I mean, you either want to do it or, or you don't. I think artists who, who really, you know, everybody says, I love what I do, you know. But I think the people who really love what they do, they, you know, they're the ones that stick with it no matter what. Like, like even when it lets you down and, you know... Or when you're not being uh, productive or whatever, you still you still wake up in the morning and and that's your first thought. You know, you can't. I don't think you can really force it. I don't, I don't think you can force yourself to stick with something. Is it the singing that you wake up in the morning you need to do, or the songwriting, or just being creative in general? All of it. I love all of it. I, li- I like being on stage. I like making records. I like the hustle. I like. I like the parties. I like the people I know. I even like the people that I don't like who do, who do music. I, like, I even get them, you know. So it's like it's a small little world, and I, and I just think that people who really uh, enjoy it, uh, you know, even if they look miserable, there's something inside them that 
can't live without it. Yeah. Tell me about singing, because mm -hmm. I love your voice, and I Thank love you. your approach to singing, and you are completely unique Thank in the you. way you sound, and the way you phrase, and the way you write, and everything. Thank you. So tell me about how you sing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you mean by that, though. Well, I mean, like, you're in a booth. Yeah. The mic is there. You got the words. Yeah. How do you do it? Because the way you do it is different than the way Tony Braxton does it or mm -hmm. Rihanna does it. There's a particular Macy way about it. So right. how do you do it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You just sing. I don't know. That's just how I know how to sing. I don't know. You know, like you listen to people along the way and you steal stuff here and there. And, and then things in your life change and it comes out in your voice. And I don't know. You just do it. Hey, but doesn't Tony Braxton have kind of this Elvis thing going on? What does that and mean? She goes <laughs> like that. <one. laughs> like know. nobody notices that for me, but I swear that's an Elvis influence. Wait, who are the you people? You, who are the people you've listened to along the way who have influenced you? I wasn't listening. I love when she sings. Of, no, of course, of course. What's her song? <laughs> like when she does that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Anyway, okay, what's the question? Yeah, I just who are some of the folks who you've listened to along the way who've influenced you? Okay, okay. So, um, I'm, a, I'm a big Tony Braxton fan. Uh, probably, I, I learned how to sing. My first band was a jazz band. Yep. So, I remember listening to a lot of Billie Holiday, like over, overkill listening to her. I didn't really discover Nina Simone until later, but, but she ended up having an influence on me. And then there was, uh, I was a huge Prince fan. And um, he kind of taught me that you can do range, like he does that, like, wow, the wow, like those cry, and then he'll hit a crazy screaming note, like on Purple Rain. And so um, from him, you learn just to be adventurous and that you can do all kind of stuff with your voice, you know? And then uh, Billie Holiday, I learned uh, that you should at least try to make everybody understand every word you say, because she never missed a word, you know? And I always, Really, I like that. She's like one of the only singers who I understand every word she says, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's people like Frank, Frank Sinatra who just have that, like, uh, don't miss a note, you know, and have that, you know, you make it, you know, you give it swag, you know, you teach it to put swag on it. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you try to be Aretha Franklin or Whitney Houston, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then uh, Robert Plant, learn how to scream. You know, you learn rock and roll and Kurt Cobain. You learn to get a little, you know, a little whiskey and cigars in your voice. I mean, there's all kinds of people. I could go on and on. There's all kinds of things to, to learn from. James Brown, you learn how to, uh, you know, uh, and woo, come on, dad. You know what I mean? Just to make up stuff. Can I cuss on this show? Yes. Oh. Uh, it is make up shit as you go along. <laughs> no, like, no words, just grunts and sounds and, and uh. And then I learned a lot from uh, hip hop artists, Rakim and especially Biggie. You learn you learn rhythm to put rhythm in your voice to sing on. You know, don't miss the beat. Do you know what I mean? How do you sing on rhythm? Because I know how rappers do it, but I don't know how singers do it. Uh, just you know, so what's it? Be my be my sugar daddy. You know, they give it a drum and that instead of be my be. You know, you can belt it and. You know, just try to show off your vocals, but 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 be in there with the drums, you know. But know what I mean? Be part of the be part of the band too. Are you one to do lots of takes, or you kind of get it quickly? 
No, I, I'm not, I get really uh, impatient in the studio. I do five takes, and then I leave it to the, the producer to figure out. I'm, I'm done, yeah. <laughs> I don't like singing it also, because I, I lose the how I feel about it. If you, you know, if you're constantly singing it over, you lose the what the song is about, because you're so focused on trying to do it again. The minutia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the minutia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I sing it five times, and then... That's like the only uh, rule I have in the studio, and I'm, I'm out of there. That I only do five takes, and then the rest is on you. Yeah, I mean, I sing my heart out. I go for it. I give it everything I got, but I'm, I don't want to keep singing it over and over because then I, then I, you know, I'm, then now I'm over it. I don't really, you know, I can't really put the, the how I feel about it. Is there something particular about five? No, that's just, that's when I start to move on, and that's just me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm like, okay, I'm ready, ready. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm I get over. like five good takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing it straight through or in pieces or? No, I, I usually like, oh, I actually, I do warm up a couple and, and then I'll do it at the most five times. Yeah. Mm. Do you warm up your voice? Oh, yeah, I'm a big warmer up. What do you do in a warm up? Actually, there's a man by the name of Roger Burnley. He's a, he's a vocal coach and he has these awesome exercises that I do before every show. They only take 10 minutes. And my voice goes from here to here in 10 minutes. It's sick. What do you do? What do I do? Okay, yeah. you go, nay, 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 like that. And you go, nah. And then you do the, the typical, I can't do it right now. And then you do the tongue trail. But the secret is to push your voice and do it at high notes and low notes. And then you do a breathing, you fill up your stomach, and you get out as many, you go, till all your breath runs out and you try to, I mean, if you're a trained singer, you can do like 30 or 40 of those, but you, you should get at least 20 to get your breathing going. Did you always sound like this? Yeah. Did you, so what is it that told you I can do that? Uh, nothing really. I, I went a long time not thinking I could sing. I just was having fun and you know, I was having a really good time. I like, I like being around musicians a lot and, and uh, I like the environment. I like, I like the atmosphere that that music creates. I like the people that 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 uh, gravitate to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a energy thing. And then it, I don't know. It turned out I could actually, I was actually okay at it. <laughs> I mean, I loved you since the first single, and I always loved your voice. Thanks. But but we know your voice is controversial, right? And yeah. there are people out there who like. I just don't like her voice. Oh, definitely. What do you think about that? That there's some people who love the sound and there's some people who are like, that sound is just not for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually get my feelings hurt really easily, but I, uh, but I get that. It's not, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. I don't, I'm not really a typical singer. Um, I don't, I'm not like a belter. Like I can't, you know, I can't do it like, uh, I don't know, Mariah Carey does or Christina Aguilera. And that's, that's kind of the standard, you know, of singing. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, I don't really do that at all, actually. You Not get, on purpose. I just can't do it. You get your feelings hurt, like when people say they don't like your sound. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't. I keep it to myself, but I, I do. I mean, as successful as you've been, yeah. and as many people who are like, "You're great. Here's a Grammy. Here's a show," and still somebody going, "I don't like that. That bothers you." Yeah, you always remember that part. That's it's crazy. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I definitely know what you mean. Like, yeah. you, you, you know, if I'm giving a speech and there's one person who's not feeling it, and I'm like, damn, like they're all <laughs> clapping and laughing, but her, she's I not laughing. Focused. I know it's awful. It's the worst thing in the world. I know.
It's terrible. But you can't get around it. The way you sing on stage is different than the way you sing in the studio? I'm actually better on stage because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm adrenaline and I'm, I'm, I have the audience there and I have a, you know, your purpose is bigger on stage. You have all these people to please and you got your band right next to you and then uh, you got their energy and, and you got one chance in the studio. You, you know, have five chances. I've seen people, <laughs> you know, but I know people who've worked on a vocal for like six weeks. Yeah. So, because you can fix it. Yeah. And you have all those machines and you have engineers and you have Melody and that's a, that's a software that, that makes your vocals perfect. Okay. Everybody uses that. You use that? Everybody does. It just, it just like in case the producer doesn't hear off note, Melody catches it. That's why a lot of vocals are perfect because of that, because that software. If, if you don't want to use it, you don't have to. But most producers, just because they want their records to sound good, whether you agree or not, they, they put Melody on you. But you're better on stage? Much better. Because you said the purpose is clearer? And it's bigger. Bigger? Yeah, you have all these people and you have one chance. You don't you don't get to go back and do the song over or punch in or, or you don't got no melodyne. You got, you got one chance. So, you know, when you have one chance at something, you, you go for it differently. You want to nail it. You know? The pressure makes it come out better? Yeah. Focuses you more? Yeah, and you're sweating and there's adrenaline and, you know, it's a, lot, it's a lot going on on stage. How are you better as a singer now than when you started? Uh, okay, so just a, a bit live, because live is the best uh, practice for your voice in the world, because you sing every night. So anytime you do something every day, you get better at it, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then I'm older, so my, I don't think my voice, maybe my voice has changed. It's, it's a little bassier than it used to be. Uh, well, it's not as high-pitched as it used to be. And uh, what else? And I, I still see my vocal coach once a month. I mean, you know, I still work on it, so it has to get better. What is the vocal coach teaching you? He just, um, Roger's really excellent at keeping your voice healthy, which is why I like him, because a lot of vocal coaches will tell you what to sing, like they'll tell you to do a certain run or something, which irritates me more than anything. So Roger kind of tells you, uh, how how to how to sing so your voice doesn't go out? How you don't how to keep your vocal cords from wearing out or, or getting injured, which happens to a lot of singers. So uh, my voice has actually never been injured. Always. Never been injured. And I and I don't I'm not like a, you know don't do this don't do that like I I'll I'll eat anything I'll you know I'll do whatever I don't want to <laughs> say everything I do but but uh you know but I've I've never no I've never had a, a voice energy. Um, what do you call it? Knock on wood. Do you still have the Macy Gray Music Academy? I don't, but we, we the, it's still a foundation, and we still give uh, instruments to schools and donate to schools and stuff like that. But that existed for many years. It was around for a minute. Uh, I was, I was, that was like the, I was the busiest I had ever been in that school, and I wasn't around to look after it, and I didn't know anybody that could look after it properly. And I didn't really know what I was doing either because I had never, I wasn't like the head of, um, that, that's a very serious, you know, yeah. uh, charities and foundations. Like, it, that's an art, which I didn't know. Yeah. I just thought I'd raise a bunch of money and, you know, help out a bunch of kids. But yeah. it's, it's so much that. deeper than that. And, and when so it, I, I couldn't do it. When it was working. Right. What were you, what did you learn about how to teach music to younger folks? Um, uh, 
really, it depends on the age and it depends on the parents. Because some, some kids are there because their mom wants them there, period. And so that's a different approach. And then some kids, you know, really are into, into learning about, you know, I met one of the best guitar players I had ever heard. He was only 15. And I mean, if I would have told him the world was ending, he still would have showed up for class. But then you have kids who are like, you know, they're just there because their mom and their dad wants them to learn how to play. So it just depends. It depends on your motivation. Yeah, it depends on the kid. It depends on uh, how fast they learn. You know, some some kids, you know, I have a, a son who plays by ear, and he actually plays by ear better than he can read. And yeah. so you have kids like that. It's, it's, it's a whole different, that's a whole nother art. That's a whole different study. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. I do love the new album. Thank you. Ruby? Yes. It's... 
classic Macy, soulful, funky, fun, but thoughtful, and right. it's a lot Thank of deep you. stuff on it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. All modesty aside, it's, we did a, we made a great album. How long did it take you? About off and on about a year and a half, maybe a little longer. I, but I didn't wasn't going in every day. It was happening here, then we stopped and we go back. Yeah. One of the songs you talk about, I'm a lady, but I think like a man. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um, actually, it's it's uh, uh, like, what is what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the 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 like the women have their um, stereotypes and men have their stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So men get the you know they get the hustler they get the you know they kind of get all the accolades when it comes to. Uh, approaches to thing or things or business or even smarts, you know. Men get all that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's all I was saying. Like, I'm a lady, but I, I, I can keep up. You, know? you talk about, if I was Jesus, things would be better, right? Yeah. On Witness, right? And I love yeah. that record. Thank you. And it's a classic, sort of thoughtful, soulful, Macy Gray record. Thank you. So if you were Jesus, what would you actually do to make things better? Oh, in general, I mean, I would just want everybody to be happy, you know. I, it was written about someone who I knew who was suffering and, and, uh, and um, you know, like you pray for your friends or who's ever going through it. And you, you know, like you, you know, you just like you wish you had the power to make everything all right. You know, my mother has cancer. I wish I had the power to just jump into her body and fix it, you know. So, I was, so that's where it came from. Like, I wish I was Jesus because then I could, I could fix it for you. She's going through that now? Yeah, for for a while. My mom's a battler though. She she it's been well, it's been about a good eight years. And she she's awesome. She has the energy of a five year old, but but you know, she she's a very, you know, she loves life, you know. She's always doing something. Like she's the type of go to bed at four and be up at six. Like, yeah. Ready to go. That's hard to watch though. Tell me about it. Because <laughs> I'm I'm not like that. So uh so you know it it uh and that, that's another discussion. She has to take all this medication, and I personally think that's what slows her down. The medication. Yeah, because who can take all those pills and, and keep, you know. That, to me, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if she could do without it. And everybody's coming up with all this CBD and holistic stuff. But uh, but to me, it's the medication that, that, to me, I don't know. That's just what I think. But I'm not a doctor. Are you, like, anti-medication? you like, organic, vegan, like, everything natural sort of person? Um, I, I just think it's, I think maybe back in the day when they first started making vet medication, but now it's so about money. I just don't trust it. I, you know, mm. like you, you don't like, why do painkillers have to be addictive? Like, why can't you take that element out? Like, why do cigarettes have to be, have chemicals? Like, just, do you know what I mean? It just mm -hmm. seems like it's all geared towards making people come back for more. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now it's, it's it's super slanted to me. I just I just don't trust it. But I think when you know when people first started making medication, it was probably a lot purer and and less geared towards uh, like capitalism and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, yeah, capitalism seems to be corrupting everything. Everything, because there's just no way you need all that to. I I don't think so. And then you you have to take the pill, and then you get addicted to the pill, and then you have to you know try to get off the pill, and it's just 
it just it's just awful I, and I, and I don't think that that's an accident right 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 yeah. um, I wanted you to I want you to talk about songwriting and okay. how you write songs what is your process uh, you know what it's just so much about what I do I just I get songs pop in my head all day a lot of them are awful you've got to have bad ideas to get to good ideas <laughs> unfortunately but uh, most of the time I write when I'm in the studio like when I'm in that environment hear the track and then write the song it's just it's weird it's an environment I'm in a studio and it all it all it all opens up for me whether a track is playing or not oh whether oh just being in the studio environment even if it's quiet yeah I get, I it get starts to come out more creative more creative than just when you're walking around. Yeah, well, no, when I'm walking around, there's so much going on. But but you have to be out in the world for inspiration, you know. Um, you know, you have to do all that, I think, to be a good writer. You got to get your heart broken. You know, you got you to gotta suffer to be a good artist, I think. I think that's true. And it's sort yeah. of, like, painful that we have to go down the road of pain you do, you to do. be a good artist. But I think so. What's more boring than a, than a happy artist? <laughs> Just write happy songs. I'm so happy. I love it. Right. People change the channel. <laughs> okay, well, great. Goodbye. I mean, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think the, the communion around pain and difficulty between the listener and the artist yeah. is a deep relationship and a deep moment. She is dealing with pain. I know her pain. I feel connected to her. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I think um, I think that's what songs are for. People connect. You know, either you don't connect, but you but it makes you dance, or or you connect, or you know, it gets you uh, introspective. You start thinking about your own life, or you just want to have some sex, or you want to, you know, you want to go make some more money because homeboy has a you know a new Porsche in his video. I mean, it's inspiring. Do you Music. write with pen and paper, or is it just like talking the song to the air? No, honestly, I get behind the mic and I and I write on the spot most time. Oh, you write on the mic. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't really write my lyrics down. So does that help the singing? Like a lot of folks have talked about, not writing it down helps because it helps you fit the the words to the lyrics to the music. Um, uh, no, I just don't write it down because as soon as I get the idea, I wanna I wanna put it on the mic. I don't wanna stop and have to write it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, it's more immediate for me. What drives you? What drives me? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, you are, I mean, you're 20 years in the music game. You're, what, 10 years in the Hollywood game. Mm -hmm. You know, you are clearly like an artist who just needs to get up every day and create something. Mm -hmm. And imagine if we don't hear an album from you next year, it's because you were you know, writing in your journal or you were doodling or you were, you know, writing poems or something. And I feel like you, you are just a flowing vessel of art. <laughs> Thank you. Is that, is that the way it is? No. I mean, I, I, I like being creative. I like making up stuff and I like, uh, I like hearing ideas. You know, I love people with, you know, who just want to just do, go do something, whether it makes sense or not, you know, um, but I don't know. Like I said, I like you. Just it's just something that's in you. I don't know if you can force it. Like people say, I'm so driven, but it's it's really just uh, 
what your body needs and what your life needs, and, and so you get up every day and you that's what you do. Do you know what I'm saying? So the, you, the art feeds you, you're saying? That you need it, so that's what you get, why you get up every day and do it? Yeah, you just need it. It's like it becomes part of, you know, like you need food. Like you got to, like if you don't go play something or get on some stage, you, you'll go crazy. I mean, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't do this. Yeah. I would for sure be dead. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd be miserable. So when you get up in the morning and you're laying in bed, the reason why you get out of bed is because I got to make something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tell me about that. What is that thought process? Because uh, that's, that's the only way I know how to uh, operate. I don't, I don't really, I've never, I don't analyze myself very well. So I can't, I wish I could explain all this to you. But I just, um, I don't know, it's the way my mind works. I just like, you know, I got to go do something. I got to call this person, like, hey, you want to go do this, you know. And then when I'm not creating something, I'm it's completely the opposite. I need to, like, just zone out or I need to do nothing. I mean, either on 100 or um, on zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. What's your superpower? My superpower? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I mean, some people have that thing, that ability that they feel they have more of than other people, and it wow. helps propel them to do the things that they do. No idea. <laughs> I don't know what my superpower is. You have a lot of I don't give a fuck. I don't. I really don't. I really care deeply about everything. You do care. Oh, you, oh so I'm wrong. I don't know if you're wrong, but I, but I think I give that off, but I, I, that's not me. I, I, I care really deeply about it. Because I feel like you are not encumbered by what others will say or think about it. That you are, if we were able to say, I'll just do whatever I want to do, we would look more like Macy. Are you saying that's not the case? Not, not always. I mean, you can't go through life crying about everything. So you, you learn to, <laughs> <laughs> you learn to like, you know, just handle stuff, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't go around telling everybody how I feel all day, you know. Right. And so it might come off like that. And your feelings have been uh, something that you've had to deal with, right? You've been managing depression for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Like, how do you how do you do that? Um, I, I think that's where I get it from because because you, you you can't like uh, I've I've learned that you can't. Like now it's just, you know, it's almost cool to, you know, yeah. suffer from depression because everybody, you know, says that. But um, I, I think that's where it came from because I, I, you can't just go through life, you know, looking miserable and crying and telling everybody, you know, how how bad you feel. It just doesn't it just doesn't work out for you. So I think I learned to, uh, you know, do what I got to do in and, and keep it moving. Like, I, I just learned how to keep it moving. Because you, you have to. How do you do that? That can be hard. You you have to. You just got to make a choice, you know. And, and I, I tell my kids that. Like, because you, you can't get around uh, being imperfect. You can't get around things not being set up perfectly for you. You can't get around just what life, uh, you know, how it happens. So you have to, you have to get up and... and uh, uh, you know, you got to figure out how to how to go, you know, and and not only go through it, but shine while you're doing it. Like, be a star at the same time. You don't have a choice. <sighs> and I mean, or you can and be you know be down about everything all day because it, it's very easy to get down. You don't have to suffer from depression or 
any kind of anxiety to, to find things to get down. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's sometimes beyond your control. And Absolutely. I don't mean you specifically, I mean, I mean, I've had times when I'm like, I just need to lay down for six hours. There's nothing I can do. And right. your conscious mind is like, come on, get up. And like, yeah. your body's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and like, you, you can't just like choose to get out of it or snap out of it or let any more than if you have a cold and you're like, I'm sick of being sick. Like, well, you have to go through it. And yeah. this is what your body's giving you. No, your body is very powerful. That definitely dictates your day. Absolutely. But I, but I think, um, you know, sometimes, it, you know, you, you get, a, a, get a minute and you go. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tenderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Go off somewhere and you suffer, you know, and then you, you got to get back up and go. Or else, you know, things don't work out. That's just the way it is. Mm. I mean, yeah, if you have a cold, you got a cold. That's your body <laughs> telling you what, this is how it's going to be today. But, you know, uh, other, all the other stuff, you, you got you to gotta work it out. I have loved uh, seeing you on screen mm-hmm. in the different movies that you've chosen to do. Yeah. Um, talk about acting. And you you seem to not play very far off of who you are. I know. That's because I'm not. No, I, I don't want to say I'm not an actress, but I'm not a trained, you know, like those, you know, like those Meryl Streep, you know. I don't do theater, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I got lucky. I, I, my record came out, Antoine Fuqua, who directed Training Day, loved my record, and he had this idea to put me in his movie. And that's how it all started. Talk about being in Training Day, and I mean, a fantastic scene, right, with Denzel, yeah, right. where you're going toe-to-toe with him, right, because you're sassing him and giving it back to him, and yeah. how was that? Um, I, that was wild, because that, he's really the only reason I did the movie, because when Antoine, 
asked me. I thought he was out of his mind. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not an actress. I thought he had no idea what he was doing. If he was putting me in a movie, then it must not be very good. That was what I thought of him. <laughs> I was like, okay, who's this dude? So I kind of kind of blew him off. And then he came. I was in the, the studio. And I was like, yeah, I'm in the studio, whatever. And he came down. He was really determined to get me in this movie. And then he said, you know, Denzel's in it. And I was like, what? Because I, I didn't know that. And then that's when I, I said, oh, okay, I'll do it. Because I wanted to meet Denzel. I wanted to get a picture with Denzel and show it to my mom. That was my motivation for doing training. Day. <laughs> I swear to God. Tell me about doing that scene with Denzel, because that's what you got paid for. And that was the hard part, I assume. Yeah, so luckily, I, I, it was good that I was a fan. Because I, because, no, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. But it was good that my intention was just to get the picture. Because then I didn't take it so, like, it wasn't the end of the world for me. Like, the whole time I'm just thinking, if I do this, I want to take, you know, I'll get a picture. And if I do pretty good, then he'll let me take a picture with him. It was, it was real stupid. I was really, but when you're I was in the moment, when you're in the moment with him, yeah. right? And I'm sure you did more than five takes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 I mean, he's formidable. I mean, what is that like when you're, like, going back and forth with him? Well, that was the thing. I could just, because I, I could just act off of him. Like, I did do research. Like, I, I saw a coach, and she was like, what you need to do since you're not, like, a trained actress, you need to pretend you're this uh, girl and just just live her for, like, you know, I only had two weeks to get ready. So you, you just need to live her. You need to watch the TV shows she will watch. You need to go, you know. What was her name? The coach? No, no. Your character's name. I forget. <laughs> Okay. It's terrible. Okay, go on. Long time what did she watch? Give me a break. Hmm? What did she watch? She watched cops. She liked cops. I do remember her. her she liked cops, but when the cops. cops come in, she was like, fuck y'all. Because it was street. It was like, that's where you see like the people that she would hang out with. Like that's that's Those were the stars of that show. Okay. So she could relate. She would just watch cops, and she liked game shows, and she liked soap operas. Okay. I do remember her personality. Was she a welfare queen, or was she just there and going to work later? No, she wasn't a welfare queen. She was like, you know, she was a, she was a criminal, and her, her man was a criminal, her whole family was criminal. So she learned to have money, but keep it on the low. Like, have money, but live in the projects. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Because so that's what she, that's all she knew. Right, right. So my hairdresser, but, I, but, I, but my big thing was, what is she going to wear? So my hairdresser, Shirlina, she had these really long nails. She scratched my scalp with her nails. So I remember kind of taking on her 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 look, Shirlina. And she had this really terrible, like, overweave, like, way too much hair. Because she made her own wigs. She did her own weaves, actually. And she would, like, just put way too much on. So I had this the biggest weave I could find. It was a wig. And I got the longest nails I could get. And I chewed gum. Yep. And I went to the dentist and got a gold tooth. Yep. And the smoking was so evocative, the way she yeah. was smoking. It was so yeah. intense and obsessive. And Yeah, because uh, the one thing when we were down, because we shot it in Imperial Heights. Do you know L.A. at all? No. That's like a project in L.A. Okay. So everybody down there smoked. Like you walk down the sidewalk and there's cigarette butts everywhere. This is before, you know, you know, weed is legalized and vapes and stuff. So there's just cigarette butts like I've never seen so I told him I should smoke cigarettes yeah yeah, yeah. And but I, I wasn't a smoker at the time so I didn't know how to hold my cigarette which is probably why it, look, really? why it looks so interesting because I didn't know how to hold it 
I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't really know how to smoke. Wait, That's you weren't a smoker at the time? No. I thought you all. smoked weed every day. That's this persona they gave me because uh, all my songs had references to weed. Because I, I, you know, yes. But I'm not like, you know, I don't sit down and smoke weed all day, like people think. No. I think people think I just sit at home and go through an ounce of weed every day. Well, I didn't put a number on it, and I'm, <laughs> an ounce, but I figured, you know, like, you, it was one of us who, like, smoke all the time. No, like, I smoke not all the time. Like, I've said, okay, so I had a meeting the other day, and this kid literally, I, like, I gave him, because I'm starting a new weed line, so I gave him this little sample, and he literally smoked it. Like, he couldn't finish the conversation, because he was... Smokers, and I was amazed, but I've never been on that level. When you say a weed line, you mean like a strain? No, I'm not doing strains. I'm doing packaging. I'm doing weed for women. I'm doing weed that, that uh, is good for women. What does that mean? So women have different bodies. We have, we have, uh, we get the cramps. I have a, I'm working on a, there's all, the strand has already been invented because I, that's how I know that it works. But there's a, a, a weed that really knocks out your cramps really fast. So that's part of my line. What's it called? The, the weed that does is Grape Kush. Okay. So you're marketing, and this will be in dispensaries? Yeah. And such? Mm -hmm. In California and eventually yeah, New York? Yeah, it's going to go and, everywhere. So, and so this is Macy Gray. What is it called? Called Her. Her. <laughs> the it's weed is called Her. I mean, guys can smoke it. Any weed, proper weed smoker knows all about Grape Kush. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't know that it, it knocks out your cramps. I mean, Way better than Midol and all that drama. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you're micro-targeting the usage because I get frustrated when people are like, well, I don't smoke marijuana because it puts me to sleep. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, that strain that you had puts you to sleep, but if you smoke this yeah. other, it won't. And exactly. we don't uh, sort of codify marijuana in this country. It's just here. Like, if you get into it, then you yeah, know. Yeah, just call I mean, if I just gave you a glass of wine and didn't tell you what it was, you'd be like, I don't like wine. But, like, you don't like Pinot Grigio, but you're going to love <laughs> this Syrah or whatever. Yeah. No, weed is very scientific. There's a, a lot of lot that goes into grown weed. and It's a, it's a really fascinating science, actually. But they, but you're right. There's So so if they say, I don't like it because it makes me sleepy, but that's better than taking a sleeping pill. Yes. You know, or a prescription or... You know, it's better than anything over the counter. Is this and it's safer? Is her out now? Yeah, just we're gonna we're shooting for Christmas. That's my dream. I think we're gonna make it. I mean, as a marijuana entrepreneur, you could get very rich. Could. Well, I ain't doing it to be broke. That's for sure. <laughs> of course not. Of course, <laughs> no, of course not. It's just it's a huge uh, growth market. It is. It's a and then I really think you know there's this. Uh, What's what's the word? You're the writer. What's the word? Stigma. Uh huh. What's the more like writer word for stigma? Like what would you call okay, it? Okay, now you're putting the pressure on. I know, but I. I mean, I, there I is. Yourself. I mean, stigma is a good word because there is a stigma around smoking weed, which I think is attached to its illegality. Yeah, exactly. They think it's illegal, thus it's immoral. But if it's not illegal, then is it immoral? It's a plant. It's a plant. It's always it has been a plant. Uh, it doesn't make you violent. Unlike prescription so. drugs. I know. It's a plant. It's crazy. I'm, so but what's, the, what's that super intellectual word for stigma? <laughs> I don't work on my vocabulary. I don't know. I don't know why. I, don't, I can't read your mind. I don't know what words you're thinking <laughs> no, of. No, what you would write. Like, if you were writing, but you don't want to say stick. Well, I would, say? but I, I, oh, I don't know. I'll figure it out right after we finish the interview. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right at a time. Okay. But no, I mean, there, but what are you saying? There is a stigma around smoking, and you want to try to break that down. Um, I, th I think there's always going to be a stigma around smoking weed, just because that's that's the, the legacy of it. But it's it's uh, I'm just saying it's this really terrific plant, and there's the science to it is is fascinating, and 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 uh, you know, growing it and all that is is just a proper craft, and I, you know, so there's this stigma on it that you know people just sit around and smoke, but there's but it it brings you know there's so much to it. Especially when you get into breaking it down into oils and cannabis and blah, blah, blah. Are you, oh, are you selling oil and flowers? Eventually. I really, I, I'm, you know what, my mom, uh, I send my mom CBD oil, CBD oil, and, and that helps her out quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Do you smoke with your kids? I don't want to say, because I, I don't, can I get arrested for that? No, they're your children, and your I children know. are grown. Your children are 20, 21, and 23. Yeah, one they're of them grown. I smoke with, but the rest of them aren't supposed to know. They're not supposed to know. But so one, one, actually, one of my kids, um, the weed actually helps her sleep. I mean, if we, she has trouble sleeping. if we think that it's fine, it's just a plant, it's not immoral, why would we not? Smoke with them. I mean, you would share a glass of wine with your grown children, yeah. right? Or a beer with but your grown... But I just want to clear up the whole fantasy that 20 is grown. When your kids turn 20, they're not grown. They're not uh, even uh, close. A hundred percent. But they're not, they're, they're, not, they're not babies. I mean, like, no, to do it with babies. a 13-year-old is a different thing to do it with a 20-year-old. No, like, like uh, so, so it, it's a way for me to just kind of make sure she doesn't get out of hand. So when she can't sleep, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll stay up with her and we'll have a little joint together because it helps her sleep. And I, I don't want her to be, to feel like she's alone up at night all by herself. I mean, I could see in the future when my children are older, like, do it with me so that it's controlled and I know what you're doing. I know you're getting good stuff and I know, like, you're not doing too much and you understand yeah. rather than do it with some flunky who does not know what they're doing. Well, I, I think a lot of parents miss how much of an influence. Like, I, I've, I've, I'm becoming my mother as much as I try to fight it. I'm probably my mom. So um, I, I just think if kids watch you do certain things, like if they see you do it in moderation, then they're probably going to do it in moderation. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? If they see you doing it only to help them sleep or, or whatever, then that's probably how they're going to do it. And you don't make it a big, huge thing. Yeah, but if you hide it and make it the end of the world, then they find other ways to do it and they don't understand how to kind of control it and keep it in check, and then, then that's when it can get out of hand. Are you going to be able to sell her at your shows? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know all the the legalities yet. The company that I'm working with, they kind of know all the uh, you know the yeah. things that the, all the ins and outs. Yeah, I do know that there's the 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 thing they're really focused on is uh, putting. You have to put a a child's child safety on, on all packaging now. Really? Really? Yeah, so the little, you know, Ziploc bags, those are going to be gone, and the little tubes where you just do like that, those, those are going to so be gone. So you have aspirin-type tubes that... Yeah, so that that's going to be tough, because that, 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 there's a lot of regulation. In California, I don't know yeah. everybody's laws, but in California, it's all about making everything child-proof. Jesus, okay. Sure. It is what it is. Um, what is the most instructive failure that you've had? What does that mean? You mean like a failure that taught you a lot and helped you grow? 
Oh wow! Every 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 everything. I mean, I wanna I wanna learn from everything that 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 doesn't work out for me. Does I feel like that's the intention? Very, very, um, like if you believe in God and it's easy to get all upset when things don't work out and you say, well, you God, why aren't you doing this for me? But, but I think that the only way you really learn stuff is if, is if it doesn't work out first. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. people can, you know, people, I've been given the best advice in the world, but I didn't, I don't know. It's not true for me till I actually screw it up. But that's just me. It's not true for you. What do you mean? Like somebody can say, you know, don't ever, I don't know. Adam, don't ever drink alcohol. Or don't drink too much alcohol. So you say, yeah, yeah, sure. But then you go out and you drink too much alcohol. And then you wake up the next day and you're over the toilet, throwing up and your day is shot. You had five appointments that you had to cancel because you got a hangover and you're still throwing up. And then you eat and then you throw that up and it's awful. And then you learn, you know, to put a limit on your drinking. But when people just tell you, you're like, whatever, I'm going to go drink. <laughs> As much as I want. I mean, I don't know. You you kind of have to learn stuff the hard way to, for it to really set in. That that's me though. You I mean, typically have to learn the hard way. To me, yeah, for myself. Just, yeah. just to profit my from kids experience. are the same way. <laughs> they are the same way. Yeah. I, oh my God, it's not even funny. Do you see you and your kids? Some stuff. They're they're very individual people, and they were raised a lot differently than I was. I wasn't raised in L.A. and you know. I've been, been fortunate to do well for myself. My, my parents were, my, you know, my dad was a, uh, was a barber and worked at a steel factory his whole life. And my mother was a teacher, so we were all right, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like living in California, that's for sure. And what is it like for you, like growing up, let's say humble, right? Mm -hmm. Midwestern, working class. Yeah, super. To become <laughs> L.A., upper class, star. What is that like? Uh, what, 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 what part? I mean, like, it's, the, the world you're in now is totally different than the world you grew up in. Yeah. How's that for you? Um, it's good, it's good, because, you know, you don't want to be in the same place forever. You don't want, like, 20 years to go by and you're still, you know, living in the same house <laughs> that you were when you were a kid. I don't know. I mean, for me, some people do. I don't, I don't want to make that a judgment call, but for, for me, it was important to me to, to, to get bigger, you know, because I, I wanted things out of life, and and uh, and I always felt like I deserved them, and, and and so I went for it. You thought you deserved bigger things. Yeah. What? Why did you deserve? I just didn't see why other people had stuff that I didn't have. I never, I never was, you know, was cool with that. Like, why does he get to live in a big house and I don't? I, just, you know, I just. But that's, you know, that's just that's just proper ego, which my parents gave me. My my mother has a massive ego. And, my dad was very confident. And a lot of self-esteem that I deserve rather than like, well, that's the way it is and like, what can I do? But like, I deserve, I mean, you said deserve. Like, I like that sense of confidence. Like, I, I, yeah. I gotta have that. Well, self-esteem and confidence are two totally different things. Yes, yes. Completely. Yes. There's more confidence. <laughs> more confidence? Than self-esteem, yeah. There is, is there, there must be. I mean, it seems like there must be a lot of self-esteem. Um, I've, I've grown into feeling a lot better about myself. But I, I have a lot of hang-ups about myself, and I'm super self-conscious still. That never went away. So can you tell us just, like, one thing that, like, like you say hang-ups about yourself, like something that you don't like, that you can't change? Um, 
my looks, because my, my, my mom never, she, she didn't want to tell me I was like good looking because she didn't want me to be stuck, ever be stuck on my looks because she thought that would distract me from doing well in school. So I've never been confident about my looks. Like how, like when people tell me I'm pretty, I don't, I, I don't always believe them. I just always say, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Huh. Like the things you know that your parents stick you with that, 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 that just don't go away no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuck with you. Always, because she was, she was just, she didn't, she didn't explain that to me until she got, until I got older. But so then I went through was... my kid not, you know, not thinking I was that attractive, because my mom and dad never wanted to tell me, because they wanted me to do well in school, which, it, which I did. It, but it's it's yeah. interesting that you gravitated toward the stage mm -hmm. when you didn't think you looked good, and you didn't think that you sounded right for the stage. You know, at first you didn't think you sounded good, so why? What, what told you, yeah, but I can be out there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, but, I, but at the same time, I'll, I'm, you know, I don't have, I don't, I'm not really scared of too many things. So, uh, like, when I got a chance to get on stage, I just got up there. You know what I mean? And then it worked out. I don't know. I mean, this is your tribe, musicians. You've yeah. kind of referenced that a couple of times. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I love being around musicians. Even if I'm not talking to them, even if they're in the next room, I just like being in that environment. Yeah, why? What are you getting? It's just energy. It's the things that musicians talk about. It's, you know, the, the places that they choose to go, the things that musicians laugh at are, are just so different than what other people laugh at. Just people in music in general. What would what, what do musicians laugh at that the rest of us? Might it's just know? nerdy stuff like you know, the, you know the, the way it like oh this bass player went to that note instead of that one. They talk about like really nerdy musician stuff. But if you're a musician, you get it, and some of it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like food. Most musicians are really into their food. Like, like my keyboard player Bailey, like he's really like. And I have a drummer, and they're really into their food. It's, it's really wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see, you know, you get around Quest loving them, and they're nerding out about some tiny piece of equipment yeah. or something. And... Yeah, all, all day. It's hilarious. Oh. Even if I'm not listening, it's just there, and I get it. Like, oh, I, I found just, this makes old me comfortable. Curtis Mayfield song I'd never heard before. And I, oh, oh not even that. Like, the tambourine player for Curtis Mayfield. Like, they know who that is. Of course. Yeah, like, course. just crazy shit. <laughs> but it's in, the, it's in the air, and, you know, it just makes me comfortable. I can relax in, in that. So what's up with you in poker? Are you good? I'm all right. I'm not as, poker's just gotten so popular that people like get coaches now and teachers and read poker books. And before it was like just for fun and you win, but now everybody's so, you know, deep in poker. And I, I can't compete with those guys. Yeah. And they don't go to work. They just play poker all day. Well, you have to lose a lot before you can make a lot. You can't just be good. Well, some of those guys, just that's all they do. So you can't, like, if I do it once a month or twice a month, I can't compete with someone who does it every day. Of course. So really the art becomes choosing what table you sit at. Mm. More than poker. To me, that's what the What's art is. What's your game? Now. My game? Yeah. What do you mean? Which, which, what, what card, which poker game do you? Oh, No Limit. No Limit, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. I'm good at, that's the only one I'm really good at. Yeah? yeah. Are you really good at it? I can play with people who can't really play that well. <laughs> I let those people down. I can win at those tables. I can take those people down. I know you gotta like you gotta really. It's really important to choose your table. What is the hardest thing that you've overcome in your life? Uh, the hardest thing I've overcome in my life. Uh, 
Like hard in what way? I mean, like, the, just the challenge. I mean, part of what I like to do on the show is to give people a sense of confidence and give them a sort of roadmap on, like, when you get into a difficult situation, here's something you can do to deal with it. And if they could say, well, Macy Gray told a story about when she did this okay. and got into trouble, and here's how she worked her way out of it, and maybe I can do that for me. Oh, let me think. Uh, the hardest part is just giving up uh, stuff that wasn't good for me, I would say. Like what? Um, all kind of stuff, you know. I, I've, I've tried a lot of stuff out. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know, men, you know. Uh, uh, all kind of stuff. I, I mean, that list is very long. <laughs> so, I don't know, when you when you start doing well in life, you have access to a lot of things. Yeah. Like, we would get off stage and literally people would come backstage and offer us, you know, all kind of pills and all kind of weed. And all, it was it was pretty crazy. So, you have access to all these things. And if you, if you haven't tried them out yet, you'll probably try them. So, it's just a matter of, you know, getting that in control and, and just paying attention to what you jump into. Do you have a man now? Uh, not, 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 not anything that I could talk days about. So, just in the abstract. Yeah. If I was a gentleman who wanted to date you, mm-hmm. I'm I'm married, so not specifically me. I know. But just in general. Family. He's the cutest family You're in so the sweet. World. Thank you. Um, what, uh... Wait till they turn teenagers. <laughs> He's gonna won't... be up here like, your conversation's gonna be so different. <laughs> what, what, how does it change? They just change everything up. They just ruin you? Like, your stress level just goes way out there. Because <laughs> they're going through all the hormones and all the... They just, you know, they stop making their own decisions because they think they're grown, and, and they stop picking, you know, some of their friends are a little off, and they start coming to the house, and they start getting the stuff that you just... They have no idea why they're doing it. They and you know they get expensive. They're more expensive than kid little kids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The <laughs> shoes alone. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So 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 a man who wants to be in Macy Gray's life. Right. How does he do it? Uh, okay. Uh, he would have to be a lot of fun. I like having fun. Mm-hmm. I like guys who like to laugh a lot, and I like guys that are spontaneous because I'm I'm very like I'm in the moment a lot, which mm-hmm. is part of my problem. Mm-hmm. So I probably need someone who's not in the moment. Now that I think about it, because mm. if we're both in the moment, then it's gonna be too crazy. Mm. So I probably need somebody who plans stuff and who maps things out and thinks about a schedule and what's coming up and stuff like that. Mm. But you're always an in the moment person. Yeah, I'm very immediate. That's but that's something I'm working on because it doesn't it doesn't always work out. But it's a great quality for an artist. Yeah, but you 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 know because I don't plan stuff, I things get a little crazy, and I actually miss out on things because I'm not prepared for what I should have taken time to prepare for. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? Kind of. Yeah, it's 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 a book. But. <laughs> Maybe you can write it one day. I'll explain it to you. <laughs> People around me know that. Like, I don't have to explain it to them. Like, yeah, I could. I could tell you about it. It sounds like a book. Well, it is a book. But, but being able to be in the moment is really, really powerful. 
I guess. I mean, it's 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 cool, but uh, you know, you you want to be smart. You wanna you wanna like be ready for stuff and 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 be on time and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times when you're in the moment, you don't you know, like last night, like I said, I was up till five. If I was a proper planner and organized person, I would have went to sleep at eleven and you know been ready to go. You don't normally go to sleep at eleven. You're an I artist. I don't, but I wish I I wish I was that kind of person. Because <laughs> I know people like that, and, and they're very organized and they do well. You know, and they're very happy. Uh, you have done extremely well. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna do more things. What oh, yeah, I've done all right. What do you want to do in the next five years? What are some of your dreams and goals? Um, working on a TV show, I really want to do, and uh, I, I really want my weed line to be successful. Um, and I, I really want my, my music to break out. I feel like I've done a lot of good albums, and, and they haven't just had the support that, that they should have. So I'm, I'm really, uh, I just really want to uh, leave the earth and, and be, be known for being a great artist, you know? Yeah. For being like one of the greatest, like being on that list. I think you're so on I'm, I'm really working hard to, you know, get my music out there still. Thanks to Macy Gray for a fantastic interview, and thank you for listening. This show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please say hi, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend about the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and the Young Turks with help from William Jolly. Jason Wallace, Candid Nicole, and our photographer, Chuck Marcus. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from awesome people because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.